I'm Julia Thomas with The Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. You can find us online at independent.org, I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T.org. I'm joined by John Tarleton, the Indies Editor-in-Chief. You are listening to WBAI 99.5 FM. Before we continue with our second segment, I want to encourage everyone who can do so to give generously to WBAI and help keep shows like this on the air. You can give you can give by calling 516-620-3602 or going straight to give number 2 wbaiorg Again, that number is 516-620-3602 or go to give number 2 wbaiorg You can make a one-time donation or better yet, sign up as a WBAI buddy for as little as $10 per month or more and help Keep WBAI and shows like this on the air. There's no other community radio station in New York like WBAI, and it can only survive and thrive with the help of listeners like yourself. We'll be sharing this phone number again later in the show. Thanks, John. Uh, And for our second segment, we're turning to Crown Heights, Brooklyn, where residents are organizing to save the Associated Supermarket, a beloved neighborhood grocery store, as it faces a 30-day eviction notice from a luxury real estate developer. On March 8th, Associated received a 30-day notice from Midwood Investment and Development to vacate the premises amid negotiations that have been ongoing since January. The store has been open at 975 Nostrand Avenue since 1991 and was predated by other stores that have for decades provided affordable groceries in the historically Black, West Indian, and Caribbean neighborhood. Activists say the store is essential for elderly residents who live nearby and can easily do their shopping or get their groceries delivered. The eviction of the store would also create a food desert in the area, imposing significant barriers for people who have long relied on Associated. The eviction notice is the latest example of gentrification in Brooklyn and development projects with devastating implications for long-term residents and Crown Heights natives. Midwood says it is planning to construct a, quote, significant amount of affordable housing along with retail, end quote, at the site, but its portfolio reveals a long history of luxury housing developments across the U.S. Over 100 people rallied last Saturday outside the Associated to demand that the store remain in its current location, and more actions are planned for the coming weeks. For more on the community push to save the Associated, we are joined by Michael Hollingsworth, a candidate for city council in District 35, one of the the districts around the supermarket. He's a longtime housing justice advocate and the lead organizer for the Crown Heights Tenant Union, Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Julia and John. Good to be with you. Um, so the 30-day eviction notice was given to the Associated Management on March 8th, but it's been known publicly for a couple of months that Midwood has been trying to evict the supermarket. Can you tell us about the current timeline of the eviction as you understand it and the current state of things and community members' demands um, yeah, so uh, you laid it out pretty well. Um, uh, the owners of Associated were given a 30-day notice last week um, to vacate, and they were also threatened with legal action if they um, don't vacate. Um, in terms of what they're doing as the store and having their own, um, you know, legal counsel, I you know, I can't talk about that because obviously, you know, I'm just a, a resident. I, I don't know what what Associated is doing in terms of um, legally, but that is that is the the lay of the land that we know right now. They were given a 30 days notice last week and they were basically threatened that if they try to stay, um, 
they will be sued by Midwood um, for millions and millions of dollars. Um, uh, yeah, so that's the, that's uh, that's the legal stuff. You know, in, in terms of us, you know, folks who live in the community, you know, our position has been that you know we want associated associated to stay exactly where it is. Um, it has been a supermarket uh, in the neighborhood for about fifty years. Before it was associated, it was an A and P, and it has served the community well and the residents here. A lot of folks rely on it. Um, and yeah, so our position is that, you know, we want it to, you know, to stay exactly where it is. We don't want this part of Crown Heights to become a food desert. And, you know, to that end, you you grew up in Crown Heights and, you know, shopped at, at uh, grew up shopping at the A&P as it used to be at the current location of the Associated with your with your family. And, you know, for you personally, but also for, you know, the community members also that you've spoken to that spoke at the rally on Saturday, what is the significance of the associated supermarket and why is it essential that, you know, it not be evicted? Yeah. So, um, yes, I, uh, my mom used to take us there when we were younger. Uh, so I do have those childhood memories. Um, and that's why I remember it as an A&P, you know, for me, you know, so f- um, for me, I'm still relatively young enough where I can walk a few extra blocks, you know, to another s- supermarket. Um, so the fight isn't even so much about me. It's about, you know, a lot of the elders who, you know, if we're being quite honest, a lot of the um, elders who shop at that store right now are the folks who moved into, you know, this neighborhood when it wasn't trendy, you know, like the 60s, the 70s. Um, we had, you know, some of those same elders speak this past Saturday. And, you know, they're at the point in their life where, you know, because of years of service they've given to the city, you know, either in the public sector, um, you know, um, you know, you know, they've, they've given years of their life you know, to the city. And now, you know, they have lots of mobility issues as, you know, as, as our elders usually do. And, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, I just, just personally, I think it's unfair to, to have this population of people, like I said, who built up a community when no one else wanted to be here. Um, and now we're telling them that, you know, because the neighborhood is more trendy, uh, you know, we want to um, disenfranchise you by building a, you know, an apartment building here and getting rid of your, um, your supermarket. And it's just, you know, it's crucial for it to remain where it is because we have a lot of folks who, you know, just can't walk a couple of extra blocks to another supermarket. It's not easy to tell, you know, someone who's in their 60s, 70s, 80s that have, uh, you know, physical um, issues to walk an extra block. You know, Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's not that simple. And, you know, it's just not, it's just not fair also. Right. And, and I think for our listeners uh, to you know sort of understand the the sweep of this issue, this is something that is happening in Crown Heights right now, but it's happened in many gentrifying neighborhoods around the city. And uh, for example, it, for anyone, if you go by the Manhattan Bridge now on the Manhattan side, there's a giant 80-story uh, Extel Tower, luxury tower that was built in the last five years or so. Before that was an 80-story uh, super tower for the rich. That was a Pathmark grocery store that was there that served the Lower East Side community, uh, a lot of uh, NYCHA uh, projects and houses down there, and, and other um, working-class communities, and, and a lot of elders who also really needed that grocery store. 
and, and it was, you know, demolished and swept away. And there was another path marked up in, in right in central Harlem at 125th and Lexington that was uh, obliterated a few years ago. And it's now a, it's sort of just an open lot that's going to be turned into, you know, some sort of luxury development in the next few years. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm sure from your perspective as somebody who's done a lot of uh, tenant organizing, I'm sure you can relate to that as, as well. And you've fought a lot of uh, big real estate developers too over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely, John. So, you know, I don't, you know, I, I tell a lot of people have the misconception that I'm against development. I'm, you know, I'm not against development, but I'm against development the way it has been done for the past 20 years, where it's strictly about making profits. The needs of the communities where we're developing are never taken into account. It's just what does the developer want? How can they make the most amount of money if folks have to get disenfranchised and displaced? That's fine. Um, You know, and I was, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about the supermarket associated, but then I also started thinking about some of the other basic structures that neighborhoods need uh, to live up to their full potential. So I was thinking maybe about, uh, about 30 years ago in Crown Heights, they closed down our main hospital called Brooklyn Jewish, right? Um, And they converted it into market rate housing. So today, you know, it used to be a, a, this hospital was huge. It took up basically one entire block and it, you know, it did everything. It was a place, you know, where people can go and get preventative care, the whole, the whole gambit. Um, So they, that shut down, they converted into, into, um, into market rate housing. Uh, So I thought about, you know, that, and then I started thinking about, when they build the neighborhoods of color, um, when they're building apartment buildings, they're mostly luxury and market rate. They aren't actually building uh, for folks who actually live in the communities. I'll use Crown Heights for an example. In Crown Heights, uh, you know, they wanted to, uh, Franklin Avenue re- was rezoned in 2018 to allow for some luxury development. Um, and this is a neighborhood where the, the median income is about thirty-five dollars to $40,000 a year. You were right in the thick of that fight. Yeah, uh, thankfully we were able to get that rezoning nullified, um, but they are appealing. Um, uh, and yeah, so you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the loss of a hospital, the fact that when they do build in our neighborhoods, it's not affordable for the folks who live here. Um, the fact that we haven't invested in schools, uh, you know, forever for as long as I've been alive. Um, and then I thought about the supermarket, and I just thought, like, you know, they're slowly destabilizing our neighborhoods, taking all of the essential things that folks need, um, the poor and working class folks need um, to do what? Just to build, you know, more luxury housing that will mostly sit empty. I I live right behind a 12-story condominium um, that has sat empty for the past 12 months. So this entire pandemic, when tons of buildings in my neighborhoods um, we're, we're dealing with COVID, lots of families, you know, there's lots of multi-generational living, you know, all around the neighborhood. And it was striking to see that, you know, these apartment buildings surrounding this palace that is completely empty are just filled with people who are sick with COVID and they couldn't socially distance. Meanwhile, there's just like this huge building that just, just sitting empty. We're just doing something wrong, you know? Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it, you know, Unfortunately, it's not just Crown Heights. Like you said, it's happening all over um, the city. We're, you know, we're we're forgetting about the fundamental things that folks need to survive. Like, you know, hospital. I forgot to mention also Kingsbrook Hospital, which is 
um, also in uh, central Brooklyn is, is also facing a closure as well. It's, you know, it's like, you know, we're stripping away, like I said, all of the essential things that communities need to survive. And then what are we going to be left with? You know, sounds like we're going to be le- left with a bunch of rich people in uh, luxury towers, ordering all their uh, food over uh, fresh direct or uh, Uber eats or something, uh, which is a pretty dystopian vision. And, um, and we're, we want to talk about your the the city council race you're in the thick of right now. Um, we we but just for starters, we we had a in our headlines. Uh, we we had a, a group that was protesting outside city hall today over uh, Speaker Corey Johnson's uh, comprehensive uh, plan for uh, redoing how uh, land use decisions are handled in New York, and and they were criticizing it as as top down and and really robbing communities of having any say at all. Uh, your reaction to that as a, uh, both a tenant organizer and a city council candidate in District 35. Uh, thank you, John. Yeah, so I know many of the, the groups that were part of that. I would have been part of it too, but um, I still have to work my day job, even though I'm running for city council. So, um, so that's why I wasn't there myself today. But I agree with them. Um, Corey Johnson's plan um, you know, it is a top-down plan. Um, it is a plan that, you know, creates this this office uh, out of the mayor's office that will oversee a lot of the uh, uh, the land use and re- rezoning um, issues. And that's even worse than, you know, what we have now, which is, you know, one city council member uh, who can determine whether or not a, a, um, a project gets approved or not. So I am a I am all for the idea of a comprehensive citywide plan. New York City is the only... Uh, major city in the world that has never had one. I am just not um, in favor of this particular one. And also, I will say, um, for me, it's also because this city council has been a failure, right? For the past seven years, they've been a failure on lots of issues, but particularly on issues of housing, um, uh, rezoning uh, neighborhoods of color to allow for luxury development. They have been awful at that. Um, And I just don't think, I don't think that, you know, I guess the easiest way I can explain it is if you've had seven years of failure in a row, why in the world would we let you in your last year um, design a plan that's going to handicap the city moving forward on this issue of housing? So I just think that, you know, I think the idea is right. I think that the um, the folks who are trying to push it um, through, are, um, they have no credibility, I guess is the best way to say, in terms of uh, and issues of housing and rezoning. And this particular city council should not be trying to pass any sort of comprehensive citywide plan in their lame duck year when they've been a, an epic an epic failure for the past seven years. Right, and and in your campaign to represent District Thirty Five on the City Council, you know, housing justice is really at the center. As you're saying, it's and it's what you know you say it's what brought you to the point of running, uh, you know, to represent your community. So, how does this fight to to save Associated fit into your vision for? strengthening tenant rights and what you would like to see, you know, the city council doing in the years to come to, to end anti-black and, you know, and racist housing policies. Yeah, I think, um, so yeah, I think the first thing we need to do is, you know, start to elect more people, you know, who come from a space like I do. Right. Um, you know, I make no apologies for the fact that I've never worked in city government. Um, I can't get an elected on myself, you know, on my phone, like they aren't in my Rolodex. Like I'm, I'm not from that world. 
um, for far too long, we have been sort you know, we've been like recycling the same kinds of people, um, you know, who when they run, they give us these great promises. Then when they get in the office, um, they uphold the same, you know, racist systems, and particularly the ones, well, there are lots of, they uphold the same racist systems, whether it's, you know, on policing, education, or housing, that their predecessors have done. So, you know, I'm coming from a totally different space, right? I'm coming from a, from a space where, you know, I've been working as a volunteer tenant organizer for the past five years. And I think that kind of experience is needed, right? Like tenant organizers, where, you know, we're the, we're the ones that are closest to a lot of the prop a lot of the problems, and, and this, this applies to any organizer, any real organizer, whatever field you're working in, whether it's, whether it's environmental, carceral, I just happen to be working in housing. Um, you know, because I work in housing, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm closest to, I think, a lot of the problems, whether it's, you know, folks are being overcharged by landlords, harassed, um, our landlords are repairing, refusing to make repairs, our issues of, you know, uh, these rezonings that displace folks. And so I have a particular view um, as someone who's been on the receiving end um, of bad city policy. And I think it's going to take someone like, you know, like me and, and hopefully others in city council who are coming from harmed communities who can come up with solutions, you know, on, on how we actually build housing, you know, uh, that folks can afford. You know, right now we have somewhere around 57,000 um, unhoused folks in New York City alone. It's even higher for the state. But, but you know, we need we need we need people coming out of spaces who are going to start to uh, push an agenda to get those folks housed to actually build housing that you know that everyday regular people can can afford to live in. And you know, that's going to be you know that's the main you know that's that's going to be the main cause that I'm championing um, as a member of City Council. Um, and yeah, I just, I, so I, but I think, I guess to go back, I, I think the first thing we have to do is we just have to, you know, break the mold of the traditional city council member, um, who is usually someone who's hung around politics forever. Um, because we know what that, you know, where that, where that leads us, it leads that, it leads us, you know, to mediocrity, right? Where we, where we have been. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, to, to bring it back to the, this fight to save the associated uh, Michael Hollingsworth, I'm wondering uh, where can people go to learn more about, you know, the organizing that the Crown Heights Tenant Union is doing and where they can, you know, stay updated on upcoming actions in the, in the weeks to come ahead of the April 7th eviction date? Yes, um, we do have a pretty big action coming up um, in relation to this. Uh, I would say the best thing for folks to do is to follow us on um, social. So that's Facebook, um, Twitter, and Instagram, Crown Heights Tenant Union. Um, and you'll, you'll be able to, um, to see what the next steps are. Um, if you follow us on one of those three platforms, that's the easiest way. Or, or you can email us at Crown Heights Tenant Union um, at gmail.com as well. Great. Well, we'll have to leave it there. And thank you, Michael Hollingsworth, for joining us tonight on WBAI 99.5 FM to talk about the fight to save the associated supermarket in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. We'll continue to follow this story.